welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace, where we get to have marketplace conversations with people from every kind of career background and highlight their story to you, as well as answer your questions. So stay tuned all the way to the end of this podcast, where we're going to be answering questions from you, our listeners. Well, Bob Hassan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Sean Bowles. How are you? I'm so good. Well, we have your friend, Nick Valenta, on today. And I'm going to just want to read his bio a little bit to our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. He started his career in private equity in Manhattan working for a consumer goods and real estate private equity firm. He then started his own tech consulting. He's only in his 20s still. So he yeah. started his own tech consulting firm and worked with Goldman's private wealth management group after that, which I think that would be so young to do that. While Goldman, he realized he had all the components to start his own investment firm, which was his goal since he was 12 years old. <laughs> Who is this guy? He became the youngest registered MLB agent and started his investment firm, working with predominantly with athletes. He helped them learn about legacy building and financially sound investments, mainly focused on alternative assets in the hedge fund and private equity space. And he quickly realized personal branding was overcooked. So he started a creative agency on top of the investment firm. The creative agency quickly extended past athletes and now focuses on small and medium-sized brands looking to differentiate within the market. Now, here's what's interesting, though, is that he named some of the companies he works with. None of them are small or medium. Right. <laughs> They're all like massive. But yeah. the, I'm so glad that we're going to hear from him today. But before we get there, you and I were just talking about capacity, adaptability, and learning. Because he's like this, he's like a Doogie Hauser of the financial world. He's been learning so much young. Yeah. And it takes a special, to me in our generation, it takes a special capacity of adaptive energy to succeed because your adaptive energy is constantly blown. Like, how do you talk to people about that you consult and that you talk, you know, you, you advise about that? Because I know it's a big deal right now. Well, you know, the, the first thing I think about is humility and humbleness. When he's known what he wanted to do since he was 12 years old. Wild. And so he's been on this learning journey. And when you're young and you have direction, sometimes it's hard to be humble. And even when you're older, I mean, if you, Think that you know everything, or maybe you do know everything. There's still this, you know, ability to remain to be humble. And so I think that when when you when we talk to Nick, you're going to love the humbleness of him. He, yeah. and so I think this journey in learning has been a part of his life, and will always continue to be a part of his life because he's a logical thinker. And a lot of us who are logical thinkers, um, like sometimes when I think I'll put a face on, like I'm looking like I don't quite, like I don't agree, but when in fact I'm thinking. And so I think, I think we, this, this whole learning aspect has to come from a place of humility. I so agree. Cause I think in the charismatic and Pentecostal world, especially in Christianity, we don't like to get things wrong and we're in performance mode a lot of the time. So when something goes wrong, we come up with a devil excuse or someone else with so almost like a victim mentality that's glorified in religious you know, with a religious brand over it. And the problem with that is you can't let something be worked for God's good or in your weakness, God can't be strong if you don't allow yourself to learn. So for me, I made a really big, big mistake in a sphere of influence of mostly people in their 60s and 70s. And I was in on the group and, and it was, I mean, someone that we would all know household name 
I made a mistake um, in some of the advice I gave and some of the things I said. And, uh, and so did all of them. And none of them took responsibility for it and had excuses for why the devil did what he did and why man did what he did. And I was just like, you know, I, it was really interesting because my first response was, I need to grow and learn from this so that when I'm in a sphere again, I do it right. So that yeah. if God entrusts me again, which I know he will, or I feel like he will, because that's what he's led me to believe, I won't enter into this because the greater sphere we get into of influence, finance, uh, esteem, whatever it is, the more we need to learn. We don't arrive somewhere and just coast, you know? And so I was learning. And then someone from that group called me and said, you know, like, I just know it was the enemy. I wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. And I was like, that's the kind of thinking that will never cause redemption to happen in your life and the fullness to happen because you have to be right all the time. And the way you frame God in your life has to be right all the time. And I feel like in business, a lot of people do that. They make a big mistake to go bankrupt, whatever else. And it's the enemy. And they don't take responsibility or learn from it or get advisors or get counsel or whatever. And they recreate it again somewhere else where they go bankrupt somewhere else in life. It may not be in their finances, but somewhere else. And that's what we got to avoid. We just, we have to be on a learner's journey. I mean, I apologize all the time. Yeah, you do. I make, I make mistakes. I, I have, I have opinions and I say things and I, and I make mistakes and I've learned, you know, through the grace of God that, repentance and forgiveness is a real thing and so in the real world in the world of business when you say something wrong you do something wrong you make a mistake you are in the one percent if you say listen i'm really sorry to an employee i i when i said something wrong to you or to a customer or to a vendor yeah. what i did was wrong and i'm sorry and i'll and i just wanted to let you know and i'll make it right and and people literally don't know what to do um, they don't because it costs something to say you're wrong. Because right. if you say I'm wrong to an employee, there could be an HR process or a vendor. It could be it could cost you a percentage of something financially. And so we're afraid. The fear of what it will cost us yeah. causes us to not believe that God, in His mercy, will do something greater than whatever payment we have to pay or whatever penalty there is. Right, and so it allows me to trust people when people are honest when they when they when they say, hey, listen, I made a mistake, and it makes me trust them more because I recognize that they're in a place of um, wanting to do the right thing. So I think, I think, I think we're going to love talking to Nick Valenta next. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Well, welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace with Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. We have our friend Nick Valenta on. Yes. Welcome, Nick. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Nick, I love that you're young and you're doing what you're doing. And I don't put that on you as an age thing at all. Because I was always the young guy, like 19, 20, 21, doing what I was doing. And people would say, like, how old are you all the time? But I love that God, he's no respecter of ages. You can, I mean, Jesus at the temple at 12 was a big deal. You know, and he started at 30 years old and changed the world. I love that. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've sort of known what I've wanted to do for a long time and I think everyone's on a different path. So it's hard to get that message across to people that are used to what I call the world timeline, but uh, (laughs) when it can get across, things go well. (laughs) That's awesome. So Nick, you have an agency that is in alternative investments and creative and it's like branding. So talk to us about you worked, you, you know, you started out in New York working for Goldman and some other firms. And then tell us about the story about how God led you to what you're doing now. Yeah. So I've sort of always wanted to be in finance. No one in my family is in finance. That's the first question I get asked is, oh, is your dad or mom in finance? My mom's in healthcare. Um, I just love finance and like adding value to businesses. And so I started at a private equity firm in New York. I worked at a, a wealth management firm in, uh, or the private wealth side of Goldman in Dallas. But while at the PE shop in New York, I realized that there is this massive disconnect between the money that comes in, what they want to accomplish, what they see on Excel, and then building the brand, the creative agency wow. side. Um, and so we, there's a roundabout way, but we started with professional athletes because I view them as personal brands. And I think every athlete has a platform and should use it, whether it's, you know, a hundred million people or whatever Cristiano Ronaldo has 200 million, or it's 30,000 people that they just have their hometown that falls. And that's still 30,000 people they can impact um, and add value to. And so we started doing that on a personal level, personal finances, and personal branding. And then that led to working with Hennessy and Four Seasons and other, you know, large clients on the branding side and getting um, bigger retail clients on the investment side. Well, let's go to the spiritual story here, because obviously if you weren't born into finance and you kind of went a different direction and also got adopted in these agencies young and then start your own young, like how did this happen? Like tell us the God narrative behind it. Yeah, raised by a single woman, which I credit a lot to. I think um, talking to a lot of pastors and mentors growing up, because I didn't have a father, I sought the father and many mentors, I guess. Um, And I was raised Catholic, which I quickly came out of. The big thing for me is my mom didn't force anything on me. So she wanted me to be inquisitive, which is what led to me coming out of Catholic, my whole family coming out of Catholicism, my immediate family, not my extended family, my mom, myself, and my brother. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, that's probably a conversation for a different podcast, but (laughs) there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with in the Catholic faith only because they limit your interaction personally with Jesus. And that's not what he spoke about at all in the Bible. So those things I didn't agree with, which led to me doing a spiritual journey of, you know, the fundamental question that I think I'm a very rational person. So the first question is, is there a God? And then you answer that. And then it's, are we all worshiping the same God? And then the answers for me, no. And then, okay, well, what's the difference? And I went through, you know, that whole process to get to, you know, why I'm where I'm at with my relationship with Jesus. Wow. How did he, how did he speak to you? After you graduated with your degree, after you had worked in a couple of firms, how did you hear his voice or how did you feel his direction 
to take the next step? I know you're a natural born you know, entrepreneur, but how did you feel the, how did you tell us how you felt where to go next? That's, that's a really good question. I, and it's kind of, a, sounds like a silly answer, but I'm a big believer in dreams and there are certain, when I have dreams that end up happening in real life, I feel like I'm on the right path. Yeah. And we're constantly, I mean, as humans pulled in so many directions. So it's hard to know if, you know, I, right now I'm really working on listening and like listening to the Holy spirit and making sure that I'm actually listening to God and not my, myself, you know, my subconscious, um, I have a local pastor, Danny McDaniel, who I'm very close with, and we're going through that right now. But I think dreams is big and then constantly listening. Like we pray at God all the time. We never sit and listen. <laughs> You're speaking my language. It's one of the main things I do is when I consult with people, I talk to them. Let's do some listening prayer together. And then it takes a while to learn, like the exact process you're talking about is pulling apart, was this my agenda or my hope? Or was this really a God seed inside of me? And, and then also my intuition and my gut, can I really trust it? And is it based on pain from the past or is it based on actually the wiring God put inside of me? Those kinds of things I think are invaluable for business leaders to learn because so many times we're not told that God is an internal process inside of us and his relationship with us. We're, to, we're waiting for that big disruptive voice so I love even how you just frame that conversation because you're 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 speaking my language for sure, which I love. But talk about a time that you made a decision or that you moved forward because of that sense of that gut feeling or that that prophetic sense that God was doing something. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of situations like that. The the big one is I had a situation where my early on my company almost was not going to be a business anymore. I had a business partner that left and left me high and dry. We lost a lot of money that was supposed to come in. And so you kind of face reckoning is, is what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, or is this a sign, you know, is this a sign to continue and it's going to make me stronger and I should keep doing it? Or is it a sign to do something else? Um, yeah. And I will never forget. I applied to investment banks. I applied to consulting jobs I even got my like health and life insurance <laughs> just just as a major fallback if all else fails. <laughs> and then the month that I needed to decide, um, we got a we got a big client, which it's like, okay, I'm I don't need to be doing that. You know, I'm getting pulled in the wrong direction. Wow. Nick, one of the things I love about you is that because of your upbringing with out the input of a father, you have gone after people in your life and uh, for relationship as mentors and who always become your friends because you're such a relational person. Talk to our listeners about some stories about the power of having people speak into your life around your business and you know that they're reflecting the heart of God. I mean, things, when you have people like that, for me, that I've had so many people, pour, you included, that have poured into me from a wisdom perspective. And so just being, going back into listening, honestly, just being able to listen and then give feedback and challenge as well helps me grow professionally and spiritually. Um, I think it's super important to be able to ask questions candidly and 
almost argumentatively without hmm. uh, without the other person getting defended uh, defensive like a lot of a lot of people in anything that feel like what they know is truth whether it's in um you know religion or business if you question them on it they get super defensive and that's not conducive to growth so yeah. i i've had people that aren't that way which is super um beneficial and then a lot of doors start to open up if they know you're not um a use i guess if you're not there to just use if you're there to actually learn and then that's like my entire business is has been because truly I just want to learn from other people. And then they end up wanting to connect me because they now know that, you know, I have a similar thinking to them or maybe I don't. And that's good. Wow. Well, I'm looking at just some of our um, notes that we'd ask you for just moments in time where God showed up. And I, one of my favorite ones that I had read through was in Las Vegas and you're (laughs) Yeah, this is so cool because I go to Vegas probably when you know pre-COVID two to three times a year for different reasons that aren't ministry. Like we go to on vacation there, my wife and I with some of our dearest friends and do family vacation. We go on boys trips there that are like the anti-Vegas trips that you hear about. They're totally like these are godly pastors who we go there together and we just play for three days, but not the kind of play that other people do. And so yeah. I went to Vegas on a birthday trip for someone and had to yeah. talk about this. Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, talk about a God moment. Uh, we were in Vegas for four days. I think anything over three days is probably too much, maybe even two, but we were there for four. (laughs) (laughs) It is a long time. My girlfriend at the time's best friend and boyfriend were on the trip with us. Um, and they have a Marriott associate rate. And so we're, we stayed at the Cosmo the first Three nights. I wasn't in charge of booking the hotels. I just said, shout out. Um, Loved it. And then the fourth night, we were staying at another Marriott with JW Marriott. So great hotel. I don't, I'm not well versed in Vegas and where everything is. I'm just thinking, all right, JW, probably somewhere on the strip. We all thought the same thing. The JW Marriott is like 45 minutes, right? It is a hike, it's a resort far away from Vegas. So far away from the the strip. And so we go and stay there flying out the next day. Everyone is like, calls it a night early. The, you know, the antithesis of Vegas where everyone's in bed by midnight. I stay up late. So I go down. (laughs) It was, I go down to the casino and the casino was like a, like a Reno type casino, something out of a movie, one person per, um, one person per table, basically. I like playing double deck, blackjack. I kind of look for the most interesting person I could find. Sit down. Um, I'm texting with one of one of my clients who's an athlete. So when they're shuffling, I can't have my phone at the table. When they're shuffling, I'm standing up, I'm texting, and then I'm coming back and playing. And then this guy finally talks to me and he says, um, there's only one other person I know that's on their phone as much as you are. And he represents athletes. What do you do? And and um, I'll cut the story short. But Ken Heyman is who I met. Ken Heyman is uh, one of the managing directors of Alliance Bernstein, massive wealth advisory firm in the U.S. Formerly a pastor, he cares a lot about behavioral finance. He was only there for one night. He was speaking about behavioral finance and economics the next day. Um, just a 
and I love psychology of the market. And so we talked for two hours about that. I mean, it was, and now he's on my advisory board. He's a close friend. <laughs> it is, is all, all because of the JW Marriott. Seriously. No, I love this so much. I love how those moments in time where God just providential times where God just brings us around the right people that we need to be around the right time. And we use any conduit he can to do that, which is such a picture. Mr. Bob. Well, Nick, when you were talking about the fact that you like to, you know, ask questions and hard questions, we had, Nick and I had played golf and we were having lunch and we were having a conversation about a variety of subjects. And we came around to talking about the father aspect of God. And so he started asking me these really pointed questions. And and I kind of sat back in the chair and thought, okay. And I I said, are you being adversarial? And he's like, no, no, I just want to know. And I don't know if I believe what you believe. And so I'm sitting with him and we start to have this very engaged, non-adversarial conversation about both ways that we believe. And it was so interesting to me um, because most people will just say, yeah, whatever. And they'll listen and they'll shake their head and say, you know, Oh, I got to go. But um, you really push through that. And I know we've had many conversations that you do that with most people who you end up in conversation or relationship with. And the thing that I like about what you do is you tell people, listen, I'm, I just want to learn. And when we, when we spoke of this, I asked you, why do you want to learn? Why are you so inquisitive? And what have you learned from people? So talk to our listeners about that, like learning. That's a big topic. Um, I mean, starting, um, you know, King Solomon, when asked what he wanted, he asked for wisdom, which I think is where all this sort of stems from for me. The guy who has everything wants wisdom. So Mm -hmm. if you can back into that, that's, where I start, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of addicted to progress, which is sometimes a negative, um, for the most part, good. If I'm aware of it, I think it's good. But if you stop, and especially now with media being such a propaganda tool on both sides, if you stop learning and you just take whatever you see at face value, you're going to be pigeonholed into a very narrow mindset. And that does not allow you to grow with god with your wife or husband with your friends i mean i've lost a lot of friends over narrow-minded thinking and me had trying to have conversations them thinking i'm adversarial and it and me not it's just not being worth you know um continuing the relationship i guess because they're unwilling to go on that same journey of actually seeking the truth basically yeah Um, nick at at your your have built businesses at a young age. What do you struggle with? I mean, do you work too much? Do you try to control too much? Yeah. What would our listeners um, learn from you if you were to tell them what your struggles are? Yeah, control is definitely the hardest thing. Um, I'm, I started my business with partners and I don't have any partners in my business, um, mm-hmm. started business with partners, went to zero, 
sort of because they were leaving and then built it up on my own. Um, and now I'm starting to seek partners because you, you just can't do everything on your own. I mean, you both run a podcast together. Like that's proof, you know, it's just so much better with the right partner. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. And that's Nick, we will take partnership in your company. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know, we we've talked about the control aspect a lot, and especially I think there's something when you're young and you're accomplishing a lot too. And I say this as somebody who um, had a, some measure of accomplishments when I was young, where it's like things slow you down so easily if they don't match your strength. And even for me, it's it's kind of like the marriage thing. A lot of times when you're when you're looking and you're single and you have some level of success and you're looking for who to marry, you're looking for somebody else who brings value to you. But when it comes to relationship with God, it's interesting because God brings us who we need, not who we perceive value of. And it's the same with partners. A lot of times it's like things that would be a benefit to our life. If we're not walking with God, we won't even receive them because they're so out of our left field. There's something we can't control. There's something we can't predict. And that's the beautiful nature of the Holy Spirit. He's so He's so unpredictable and knows how to bring us into genres and spaces we can never be in, like he's brought you so far. So I'd love to hear that uh, you share vulnerably about that struggle, because I know that that's probably in the Western world with successful business people. It's it's number one or number two is like, how do I how do I surrender this place and trust that if I'm not in charge, it's still going to be on the same level and with the same value. And that goes back into why I'm trying to be better at listening to the Holy spirit, because there's also bad people that can come into your life that, I mean, everyone, I guess has a purpose, but there's always, you're constantly being pulled, um, by the world or by things of the kingdom. And so how do you make the right decision? That's, that's really what I struggle with. Cause that's also, a, I mean, it goes back into control. Yeah. Um, I can make every decision on my own, but am I making the decision that God wants me to make is what I'm trying to get to constantly being able to say, yes, I'm making the decision that he wants me to make. So that's the biggest, I guess that's the answer. That's what I struggle with is making sure I'm on the right path. Yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful place because when, especially you sharing it, I'm sure many people can relate and say, Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Including Bob in our last podcast talked about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for carving time out of your busy schedule. And we we just really, really appreciate uh, you sharing with us. And um, next, you have questions with Sean and Bob coming up. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're gonna receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. 
you guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're our team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace for one of our favorite segments, if not the favorite, which is questions from you guys. And Bob, we've been doing these live uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the platforms are on YouTube, especially our YouTube audience. I want to welcome you guys. And it's pretty amazing what people will interact with us and ask us questions, but we've been getting so many questions when we do it that we can't answer them all right there. So make sure to send your question by going to bullsministries.com and clicking on it. But here's one that came in just today that we didn't get to answer on, but I thought it was so good. I wanted to include it in this recording. So Gunnar Falk and, uh, is from Facebook. As employers and perhaps at some point employees in your lives, what are some company cultural standards that you've applied and observed that have kingdom impact? That is such a good question. And the first thing that I think of is honesty. Yeah. Is letting your yes be yes, your no be no. I think our character and our ethics stand so tall. And that's the foundation of, of a culture that I want to, not only do I want to build, but that I want to be a part of. That I can sit at a table and I can answer a question that might be out of the box or might be something that we've never done before. And it's not viewed as being stupid or dismissed or I'm not yeah. shaming that people say, oh, that's an interesting idea. We've never done that before. Let's talk about it. That's the kind of culture I'm looking to be a part of. Well, and I think that with that honesty, there's also transparency to some degree too, which is on top of honesty. It's a way of expressing honesty. And with a lot of leaders um, who are leading in business, it's hard to realize you're not always sharing the vision components that's helping you to stay motivated with your employees, especially if you're going through hard times, like we were going through coronavirus, PPP. I remember Jeff, who runs our resources, said uh, for our ministry and for what we're doing, he said, Sean, are we going to be able to stay employed? And I said, you know what, Jeff? I believe so. But right now it doesn't look great. Mm -hmm. But I believe that God's going to help us because our vision hasn't changed. We're still doing everything we're called to do and supposed to do. We just have to pivot in how we manifest that vision and how we, you know, and, and to, if I had just said, no, we're great. And then had to let someone go or whatever, he, it would have created a culture of fear. But yeah. I think to say like along the line, I've said, Hey, our, we're, our heads bobbing sometimes it's been hard. You guys, it's been rough. We're doing okay. We're two months out instead of eight months out right now financially. And that's hard because we don't know where things are going to land three months because we're trying new things. And I think a lot of business owners have a hard time saying that, to their team, especially if it's a smaller team, bigger teams, you don't always need to do that because you don't have to have that necessary corporate transparency on the same level. But especially when it comes to projects we're working on, like sometimes I've come in and um, not knowing that right at the last second, I'm sharing my heart with our team when we're meeting online or something. I'm just sharing my heart about a project we're working on or something that we're building or why we're writing something. And someone will come to me and say, you know what? I was kind of losing some motivation and what vision and what why, why we're doing what we're doing. And I love what we're doing, but I wasn't seeing a future. It feels like we've done the same thing for a year. And all of a sudden I saw that and I want to connect my faith and my heart to that. So I think learning how to share your heart and your vision and transparency through hard times to me also sets culture. It doesn't mean you're going to be buddies or best friends with any of your employees. You may not ever have that kind of relationship. I mean, Bob, you do. You have such incredible relationship. I love meeting your employees and they have this like indebted endearment to you and Lauren. But 
but not everybody will have that because we all operate differently. But there should be that sense of we're on the mission together, but we're also doing life together. And I care about you knowing some of the inside of what's going on with me. That's such a good answer. Gunnar, thank you for the question. And if we, if you go to www.bowlsministries.com, there's a button that says questions with Sean and Bob. Click the button and record your audio question. And uh, we love answering questions, don't we, Sean? We do. It's what we do all day long. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.